Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the word. It's not September tomorrow, right? It's a lie. I lost the entire month of July. I don't know where it went. If you find it, let me know. Don't know where it went. Crazy. See, when the first slide comes up, it'll give you the page. I didn't put it in my notes. I normally do. I didn't. But it'll let you know where we are. Uh, we are in Matthew chapter 7. Um, yeah, there it is. Page 1118. Uh, there we go. So if you want to follow along in the Pew Bible, you can be there. Or you can just turn to Matthew 7 in your own version of your own Bible that you brought with you today. Um, I don't know how many of you know, but before Debbie and I were married, we had four names already picked out for our kids. Uh, we knew what they were going to be named. Uh, we vacillated on the fourth one, and ironically, we didn't have a fourth child, so I don't know. And God says, well, you didn't have a name, you really weren't planning, so eh, I'm not going to bless you with one. Um, but I mean, we were very proactive in um, not only wanting to be parents, but being good parents. Um, and one of um, the authors we read, and we heard it repeated in a class that we had taken too, um, presented this whole idea of a funnel. And, uh, and with respect to child rearing or training children. That's kind of an interesting mindset. And, and that's kind of what we're looking at today, which way is your funnel pointed. But when it came to child rearing, uh, what the mindset was, was if you kind of looked at a funnel and you looked at your children as far as training them, from day one, if you, if you just put the right kind of parameters and barriers and prepared them well, that as they grew older, that circle could get larger and larger and they could have more and more freedom and more and more trust and more and more whatever. And so that was kind of the mindset of this, this training method. And that had stuck with us for years and years and years. And so when we finally did have kids, um, that was definitely a part of our parenting plan. Uh, we made sure that we put as many barriers around our kids to keep them safe. And we trusted God to lead us and guide us. And um, I don't know about you, I think I have amazing kids. Um, so it's like, obviously, somebody knew something, and when we, we trusted that plan, um, it definitely yielded some incredible, incredible fruit. This morning, we're going to look at, at that very model, but with respect to who we are, with respect to the decisions we make, uh, with respect to the approach to life we have, um, because sometimes, and that's why it's called, which way is your funnel pointed? Um, we're going to look at two, if you try to come in this way, which would be the opposite end, which would be all this opportunity and option and choice. But what happens is when you go through this end, you come out this end a little bit different. Versus when you go through this end and come out this end. Which you do come out different, but it's a completely different story. So, we're going to look at what, what's called the narrow way today. Um, it's going to be compared to the Broadway as well. Uh, but we want to look at what God wanted, what Christ was expecting, uh, what he was trying to teach. Um, I like to focus on the positive. I like to focus on what, what God wants from me versus what he doesn't want. Um, because to me, it's like if I'm trusting what God wants and I'm going in that way, 
There's safety there. There's confidence there in Christ. So, beforehand, we need to quiet ourselves. I don't know about you. It's a busy weekend. There's a lot going on. I don't know what your plans are for the rest of the weekend, but I know even for myself right now, I need to just bow before the Lord, quiet my heart, quiet my mind, and be prepared for what he has for me. So pray with me. Father, as we come before you this morning, we are thankful. Lord, you just don't leave us to guess. You have provided everything we need that pertains to life and pertains to godliness. And Father, as we open your word this morning, I pray your Holy Spirit would be touching the hearts of people in here this morning that are hurting, that are facing challenging circumstances. Lord, that are living in victory, victory, rather. Guiding them, directing them, providing all that we need, changing our hearts, Lord, transforming our mind by your word. Lord, I want us to leave here changed today by you in a positive, positive way. Father, we're thankful that we can trust you, our confidence can be in you, that we can trust your word and its truth. And Father, I pray that, especially this morning, some of these concepts are a challenge to our heart, a challenge to our mind, a challenge to our approach to life. And Lord, I pray you will emphasize the importance of living according to your truth and providing the energy, the power, the strength, whatever it's required to convert from the world's way or from even our own personal way of living life to your way. Lord, we trust you to work. We look forward to seeing all that you have. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so verse 13. That's where we're starting off. Simple. Brief. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. What I see here is is Christ wants us to live intentionally. Jesus' way is to live intentionally. Um, I've said it probably too many times, but I'll say it again. It is easy to just let life run us. Let our schedule dictate what we do. Let circumstances demand how we live and how we respond. It's easy. But we have to live intentionally if we're going to live and enter through the narrow gate. And as we're going to find in the next verse, we, we all, we've got to look for it. We've got to find it. it. It's not obvious. It's not just in our face. And I think that what Christ wants us to, to really emphasize or have us think about is we've got to want it. See, it's easy to come to Christ and then just think, okay, that's it. That's all I have to do, and I'm just going to kind of mosey on down the road, and you know, eventually I'll end up in eternity. But there's so much more to the Christian life. I mean, I get to see God work all the time, because I'm looking for him. I'm expecting him to work. I'm expecting him to show up and move in certain situations, in every situation, really. And he does. But we've got to be looking for it. We've got to be very calm 
And would you say our lifestyle today in the generation in which we live is calm? <laughs> I heard the stickers. No. No, that, I mean, that is the challenge, isn't it? I mean, if you talk to anybody, what is their schedule? Is their schedule sedate and mundane and boring? No, their schedule's busy. They're crazy. There's so much going on, they don't know what to do. And that is easy to let life run you instead of you living intentionally, planning how you're going to live, making the choices that aren't going to demand you to go in a certain direction. And that does take some challenge. That, that is going to require some stuff from us. We are going to have to engage the Lord. We're going to have to pursue Him. We're going to have to look to Him. I believe Jesus intends His words to jar us from complacency to consider the genuineness of our commitment to Him. I mean, think about it. Do we like the people who, they say one thing but live another way? No, those people frustrate us. We don't like them. But sometimes that's who we are as Christians. I want God's best, and I'm going to do my best to do that, and, that, 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 and we, we say all those things, but life then dictates how we live it. Emergencies dictate how we respond. And we lose out on so many blessings that God has for us because we're so consumed with just the busyness and craziness of life because we are not living intentionally. We are not putting up the right kinds of barriers in our life that protect our time with God, protect our life. Some texts in the Bible provide assurances to suffering Christians that the kingdom is theirs. This text challenges cultural Christians that are just allowing the culture to influence them, infiltrate their thinking, infiltrate how they live. Those following only Christian tradition rather than Christ himself to realize that they need to convert their thinking or be converted altogether. We have got to have an awareness. I mean, think about it. Think about your last week. How intentional was what you did? Or how habitual was it? I mean, I'm the first to admit, I am a rut person, I like planning, I like to know what's coming up, I, I will be the first person to admit it. But when I let that dictate how I live, I'm not looking for God. I'm not expecting Him to show up. I'm just letting my calendar kind of run my life. We, we've got to live intentionally, and, and that part of that is, is entering by the narrow gate looking for it. Some people's assurance of salvation is a delusion. <gasps> How can you say that? Because it's truth. Because I counsel with some of those people who come into me and you know, what they're trusting in is not Christ. What they're living their life according to is not truth. And they, they think they're okay. And the reality is, is they're not. To enter the narrow gate of the kingdom, we must knock. That is, look to God to make us citizens of his kingdom. The difficulty of Jesus' way includes embracing by repentance, and this is where it gets hard, both persecution and the ethics of the kingdom that is taught right here in the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, think about it. Jesus' way, all of these things we've been learning, 
They are not commonplace to us. They are not our first response to things. They are not how we typically live, are they? And Jesus is trying to wake us up and say, look, (laughs) you've got to have intentional perspective. You've got to live in such a way that people see the difference in you. And it's not just about what you say, but it's about an inward characteristic that comes out in a profound way that can't help but come out. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go down. Now, just some practically speaking topics here. When approaching employment, relationships, marriage or singleness, parenting, finances, or every other life matter, you need to look forward to where ultimately you need to be. Some people, they just look to the next minute, the next hour, the next day. And they don't plan. They don't look anywhere beyond where they're really at. But then you must choose which way your life will go. Which way is your funnel going to point in that situation? As parents, you need to decide what type of adult, husband, wife, parent, or grandparent your child will become, and then choose the way your life will go to enable that to happen. As a young adult, you need to realize that how you handle your finances, where you allow yourself to go, who you'll marry, and who you will allow into your life will will impact your future. Whether you believe it does or not, it does impact you. And then you have to choose which way your life will go. As a teenager, how you interact with your parents and siblings, what you look at online or on TV or in the movies, what you listen to, who you associate with, will shape what type of young adult you will become. And you need to choose which way you are going to go. That's the cool thing about who God is. He gives us the choice. He doesn't demand it. He doesn't hold a gun to our head. He wants us to understand what he has done for us so profoundly that we can't help but surrender our life to him. I mean, do you, have you considered salvation recently, if you've been saved for several years? Have you, have you thought about it recently, the sacrifice of Christ? What he did for you? What was required of him? Because when you think about those things, to me it becomes easy to to be humbled by my pride and arrogance. Because Christ, who did not have to suffer the cross, chose to because I needed it. You needed it. To have reconciliation with God. And as he looks to this, I can't help but wonder what he was thinking about the narrow way, about his path, his journey to crucifixion. And he doesn't even require that of us. He doesn't say, just as I was crucified, you must be crucified. No. He's saying, you can trade all of that Enter through the narrow gate. Live on my path. 
There's not going to be any pointing of fingers when we're before the Lord saying, well, they made me and she made me and he said this. The responsibility is on our shoulders. No one else's. And we choose which way we go. Whether we want to believe it or not, we do. When we choose the broad way, we choose destruction. Destroyed work situations, destroyed relationships, destroyed marriages, destroyed finances, destroyed lives. And it may not be immediate. And I think that's, that's the lie sometimes. We go in through the broad way and we think, oh, this is not that bad and things seem to be going okay. And then as you get closer to the other end of the funnel where things start to squeeze really tight, that's when we realize we made a mistake. What did we do? When we choose the narrow way, we make a difficult choice, which will involve hardship on our part. And sometimes that's what we don't want. I mean, I'm not a, who's a fan of, anybody a fan of hardship out there? Yeah, I'm not either. But <laughs> just to let you know. But I mean, but that is what's required. And I think that's where we get conflicted. We are called to hardship. We are called to persecution. God tells us this on the front end. There are no surprises with him. That's, that's how wonderful he is. That's how amazing he is. It's not like, you know, oh, surprise, hardship. No, on the front end, he lets us know. Full disclosure about what to expect. To lay aside our will, our pride, our worldly passions, and to enter through the narrow gate, which leads to life. Doesn't that sound wonderful? And that's where we've got to, to bring our focus. That's life. It's, it's out there. And that's what we have to keep our focus when we are having the hardship, when we are having the trial. I realize, you know what, this is for a time, but I have life in Christ. And not letting the cares of this world weigh us down. Not letting the circumstances dictate how we feel or how we're going to respond. But trusting that I have life in Christ and it's complete and it's solid and it's guaranteed and no one or no thing can take that away from me. What a great place to be. Secondly, you have to look intently. Look intently. Verse 14, it says, Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few that find it. And this whole idea of narrow is the whole aspect. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be challenge. It will involve hardship. Life, though, right, leads to life, real and genuine, active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion even in this world of those who put their trust in Christ to last forever. That's the promise. That is the promise. Now, the Jesus way, narrow is the gate, difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are a few that find it. How much stuff do you think you can bring through that 
entryway. Not a lot. And that's where we battle. That's where we struggle. Because we want to bring it all with us. The stuff we think we need, the stuff we think we have to have, the stuff we think is important. And sometimes that's people, and sometimes that's relationships, and sometimes that's a whole host of other things. Here's what a few people had to say about this whole passage. Erasmus says this. How straight is the gate, how narrow the way that leadeth to life. In the way, nothing is to be found that flatters the flesh, but many things oppose, I'm sorry, many things opposite to it. Poverty, fasting, watching, injuries, chastity, sobriety. And as for the gate, it receives none that are swollen with the glory of this life, none that are elated and lengthened out with pride, none that are distended with luxury. It does not admit those that are laden with the fardels. I had to look that up. How many of you know what a fardel is? <laughs> a fardel. But that's a bundle or a pack. So those that are laden with the fardels of riches, nor those that drag along with them that other implements of the world. None can pass through it but naked men who are stripped of all worldly lusts and who having, as it were, put off their bodies are maciated into spirits, which is the reason that it is sought after by so few. To me, that's a profound, profound picture. And yet, that's God's way. That's his choice. And many times we reject it. Clark says this, the straight gate signifies literally what is called a wicket a little door and a large gate. Gate among Jews signifies metaphorically the entrance, introduction, or means of acquiring anything. So they talk of the gate of repentance, the gate of prayers, the gate of tears. Uh, when God says they shut the gate of paradise against Adam, he opened to him the gate of repentance. The way to the kingdom of God is made sufficiently manifest. The completest assistance is promised in the way. And the greatest encouragement to persevere to the end is held out in the everlasting gospel. But men are so wedded to their own passions, so determined to follow the imaginations of their own hearts, that still it may be said there are few who find the way to heaven, fewer yet who abide any time in it, fewer still who walk in it, and fewest of all who persevere unto the end. Nothing renders this way either narrow or difficult to any person but sin. Let all the world leave their sins, and all the world may walk abreast in this good way. And I mean, that's the picture I believe Christ is trying to give us here. Narrow is the gate that leads to life. I mean, you open the big gate, you can walk in with anything, right? You can walk in with a crowd of people, you can walk in with all your worldly possessions, you can walk in with all of it. You find the smaller gate, <laughs> if you can, you're not going to walk in with much, are you? Not too much is going to go in that door. You've got to leave some stuff outside. And, and so much of what we have learned up to this point has been what's inside of us. That's the stuff that God wants us to leave outside the door. The pride, 
the worldly lusts. And it's hard. And he says it is. It's supposed to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be simple. But it's going to be valuable. Beyond words. And I have to ask the question, do you trust that? Are you living in such a way where you're choosing the narrow gate? You're not allowing yourself to just fall into the broad way because it's an easy path to stumble into. It's almost like the default in one respect. Because if you're not living intentionally and looking intently, that's probably where you'll end up. You've got to be seeking for it. You've got to be coming to the gate and going, I know Jesus' way is here. I know there's a a way in that's the right way through this circumstance, through this situation, through what's going on in my life. And looking for it intently. So that you don't just take the default. I don't know about you, but I get frustrated with default issues, especially on computers. You try to do something and the computer tries to think for you. That makes me crazy. Thinks I'm doing something. Uh, the first thing I do on any computer I get is turn off that little assistant thing. That thing annoys me. To know, hey, it looks like you're writing a letter. No, I'm really not. <laughs> Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. I'm smart enough to operate this word processing software. But it's like there's all this default stuff that they put in because they think they know what you want to do with all of it. There's one thing I never liked about AOL. They tried to dictate your life. It was like the Antichrist coming in and saying, I will show you how to live. Never liked AOL. Anyway, we've stepped off the path, haven't we? (laughs) Note these inducements to walk on the narrow way. The gate is straight, but it's always open. It's always open. God is so faithful. That's the door he wants us to walk through. That's the door he chooses for us to walk through. And he recommends it. And he gives us everything we need to find it. But we have got to choose it ourselves. Always open and straight as it is, there is not a man living who cannot, if he will, get through. The narrow way is narrow but it grows wider as you go on. Not that Christians ever cease to deny themselves, but that the self-denial becomes easier, more full of recompense, more the normal law of life. The end is everlasting life. Who can tell the meaning hidden in the heart of God that these words contain? It leadeth unto life. I mean, that's what we want, right? We want life. We want an exciting life. We want a vibrant life. We want a robust life. And so many times, we try to figure out how to make that happen. And God says, no. Follow me. I will lead you down a path that is so incredible. Yes, it's edgy. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's going to be amazing. And you will not forget it. Because I will be there with you. And you will do things that you could never do on your own. But we settle. We settle for our own thinking. We settle for our own logic. We settle for what we believe is the answer to our problem. And we get robbed. 
robbed of God's best, robbed of what he has for us. Even in the hardship, even in the challenge, there is joy, there is blessing, there is so much that outweighs that. He doesn't talk about that here, but experience tells me that's how it works. I've had hardship, but I've also had joy in that hardship. I've had blessing in that hardship. Because understanding that as bad as this is, if I was living some other way, that would be horrible. God is a faithful God. He's a righteous God. He is a just God. And we have got to trust him. All right, we're told about the narrow way. And what we are told about it, it's entrance is minimal, the way is difficult, it leads to life, and few find it. Doesn't that make it so much more appealing? It's like, oh, yeah, it's hard to find, and oh, it's a struggle, and oh, there's hardship, and aren't we just chomping at the bit to hit the narrow way? No. But we need to get to that place somehow, some way. Because that is the better way to live. The more perfect way. Narrow is the gate. So often we get focused on what we'll have to give up to live the Jesus way. That's where our focus is. When in reality there's so much more available when we choose his way. And see, that's where faith comes in. That's where trust comes in. If I put all this stuff aside and choose your way, it will be better. That takes faith. That takes trust. And we vacillate there. We struggle there so many times because this stuff we see, and yeah, it, it does give us some kind of, yeah, we feel good about it. And if I give that all up, how am I guaranteed? <coughs> How do I know? Faith has to be in action there. Difficult is the way. No one intentionally invites trouble into their life, but when they choose the Jesus way, difficulty will be part of your choice. How many of you would say, yeah, I think I know what difficulty is. I've experienced at least once in my life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everybody, right? It's part of our life. So let's, let's do a Jesus way instead of the world's way. Isn't that a better option? I, I like that choice better. Uh, which leads to life. This needs to be our ultimate focus. If we want abundant life in Christ, it's going to be found following Jesus' way. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe the biblical way to life is better? Two people. I'm, yeah. yeah. Great. Do you believe that? Yeah, I believe it. It's truth. Do you believe it? Yes. Okay, the people this side of the room heard it. Do you believe it? Yes. Almost. <laughs> Do you believe that? Yes. Okay, you almost convinced me. I'll move on. There are few that find it. And we can get caught up on that and say, oh, am I one of the few? And uh, Yeah, sure you are. You're one of the few. Be one of the few. Choose to be one of the few. Don't wonder about it. Choose to be one of the few. You know, if, if all of us do, that means there's probably a whole bunch of other people that don't. We're part of the few. Let's embrace that. Instead of being worried about, am I one of the few? 
yeah, of course I am. Because I'm going to live intentionally, I'm going to look intently, and I'm going to find that narrow gate in everything. What we're told about the broad way is that the entrance is wide, the way is broad, it leads to destruction, and many choose this way. I don't want to be one of those, one of the many who choose the broad way. I've done it. I, I, I know it. I've made stupid, stupid choices. For the way, I'm sorry, for wide is the gate. If we're not looking for the narrow gate, the wide gate is all we're going to see. Think about it. One of those is closed. <laughs> One of those that were closed. It would be harder to see. It would just kind of blend in. All you see is the large gate, and you think that's the only way. And that's where we get fooled so many times. We think, oh, yeah, this is the gate. This is the way in. But is it the narrow gate? Broad is the way. There's plenty of room on this way. You won't be challenged. You won't have to make hard choices. And it will be the easy decision to make. But it will lead to destruction. And so many get to this point and realize they're on the broad way. When it's all falling apart. When it's all coming unglued. And they realize, ah, what happened? Broadway living, I found that interesting, Broadway living, <laughs> results in one way, destruction. And we, we fool ourselves. It's not really stealing because mom and dad won't ever know it's gone. My parents are out of touch, so I don't have to treat them right. It's only lunch, and we're just friends. No big deal. It's a little out of my budget, but I can make it work. If I put myself out there as a Christian, I'll get labeled as a lunatic. The government takes too much of my money already, so I'll cheat on my taxes to make up for it. I'll wait until my child is old enough to understand me before I train him in the way he should go. That's all Broadway living. It's all us trying to fix our problems. I mean, it's, I, I know people who like, you know, they're bad-mouthing the government all the time. Do I agree with how they're choosing to do things? Absolutely not. But I trust that God is over it all. And he has a purpose in the government that is over us right now. If nothing else, to wake us up and to tell people who need to be out there voting, need to be out there voting. Trying to get the right people in office. But unfortunately it ends with, and many who go in by it, which to me just is disheartening. As believers, our choice should be the narrow gate. Christ is, <laughs> choose, enter in at the narrow gate. He's appealing. Secondly, we must pause and determine if this is the way we're making decisions now. Consider, I mean, really look at, is this how I'm living? Is this what's going on? And thirdly, there's still time to choose Jesus' way. And I honestly believe that's the intent here, what Christ is trying to say. You know what? You can choose it now. Enter the gate, narrow gate now. Understand where you're at and, and choose now. Because sometimes we think, oh, well, it's, I'm so far down the road and things are so far gone that there is no hope. And that is not 
who God is. He's a redeemer of all things. He redeems souls. He redeems time. He redeems circumstances, relationships, all kinds of stuff. We cannot be short-sighted with who God is. Not even a little bit. Lastly, we need to listen intellectually. And I have no clue. This says it's 20 minutes of four. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not 20 minutes of four, or wow, I've gone a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> I just realized. I don't know what time it is. Okay, cool. I'll try to wrap this up. Verse 15. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. This gives us a clear picture of what is on the inside is what comes out. It does not matter what we say. It does not matter what kind of facade we may present. What is on the inside is the truth about who we are. And Jesus demands that we address that. That we submit it before him and say, search my heart, Lord. Try me. And if there's any wicked way in me, get rid of it. But see, sometimes we go before him and we go, all right, let's see. Hmm. All right, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and this is what I'm part of my life and that's, you know, and look at all of this and we search our own heart. Psalms shows us that's God's business. We are to submit it to him for review. And ask him to reveal the things that need to go. Ask him to show us where we're at. And then obey when he shows us. Because he is faithful. He will reveal. He will open our eyes to what's going on in our heart when we submit and yield to him. Our own best efforts at restructuring unregenerate human nature are doomed to failure. By contrast, a person transformed by and consistently dependent on the power of God's spirit will live according to the traits of God's character because of God's empowerment. We can't do it. And I think that sometimes that's where we struggle because we think, oh, you know, I can live this Christian life and I can change and I can gut it out. And God says, no. Do it in my power. Do it in my strength. Do it in my will and not your own. Consider the source of what you listen to, of what's going on around you. No matter what someone says, their life is a testimony to what they believe. Right? We know those people. They say one thing, but their life is a complete reflection of something else. It scares me, but it's out there. When considering the source, listen intellectually, not emotionally. What is labeled Christian is not necessarily Christian. Sometimes we get sucked in by stuff because we think, oh, 
this is another believer, and we, we just throw conscience outside of the realm of thinking, and we get taken advantage of by people who prey on Christians. Because we're believing, we're trusting people so often. But we must listen intellectually. By false prophets, we're to understand teachers of erroneous doctrines here, who come professing a commission from God, but whose aim is not to bring the heavenly treasure to people, but rob them of their earthly good. We have got to be aware. And that takes us knowing what the truth is. That takes us getting so close to God and understanding him and his heart and who he is that the counterfeit is obvious. Jesus' instruction is to look at the fruit of one's life to see what their true doctrine is. If their words do not match their lives, they are false teachers. And there's plenty out there. We're told that they're out there. This is not judgment, but discernment or confirmation, especially in the area of God's truth. And we talked about the whole judgment aspect a few weeks ago, so we won't even go there. So, which way is your funnel pointed when you deal with things? Are you making decisions based on the broad way, reacting to circumstances as they present themselves, going with the flow of everyone around you, listening to culture and not Christ? Or are you making decisions based on the narrow way, living intentionally, looking intently, listening intellectually? Because if you're not living that way, chances are you're on the broad way already. Wrong is wrong even if everybody's doing it. Right is right, even if nobody's doing it. It's the truth. It's the truth. We'll end with our final slide. Let's read it together. <laughs> Jesus' way is the only way to live God's way, which is the best way. It's not naturally my way, but I choose today to exchange my way for the Jesus way. I hope that is your heart and your prayer and the reality of what this week brings for you. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for your word, for how it does transform our hearts and our minds and our thinking. And Father, I pray that our funnels are pointed in the right way. Lord, that we're approaching you and approaching life in a way that is bringing honor and glory to you, and Father, that is drawing us closer to you and not bringing destruction into our own lives. Father, may we leave transformed today, living in such a way that Christ is so obvious in our life that the hungering world around us will question what is different. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.